0: This podcast is sponsored by TGO Magazine. Bob
1: Packard is a retired mathematics professor from Flagstaff in Arizona. I met Bob earlier this year in Turkey when we climbed Mount Ararat together, and he told me a little about an obsession he has for collecting mountain summits and high points. After applying, I interviewed Bob in our hotel room in it and came to the conclusion that he was arguably the most prolific peak bagger in the world. I began by asking Bob to give me a rundown of the various mountain lists he's been steadily taking off.
0: Well, let's see. I mean, at one point I wanted to do the uh, highest mountain in every state in the United States, that's one. Uh, at one point I wanted to do all the 14,000 foot peaks in the lower 48 states, um but uh, now my interest is is very heavily turned towards prominence. in other words, I want to get hold of lists of prominent peaks for uh, states in the United States uh, countries, and you know see what I can do to uh, you know check off some on these on these lists right now i 'm interested in uh, finishing the highest uh, three hundred peaks in Colorado I'm also interested in finishing the uh, highest 200 peaks in the lower 48 states Uh, so there's a a few Uh, Oh, uh, uh, here's another list of of lists Uh, people have made lists of high points of mountain ranges for example believe it or not Arizona is considered to have 193 mountain ranges and I have been to the high point of every one of them And there are similar lists for Colorado and California and so forth. And and I'm interested in these lists. And uh, every once in a while, I want to go and check one of these off. Okay, explain to me what is a prominent peak. (laughs) Well, okay, Uh, here's here's the precise definition. Number one, you have to have the altitude of the peak. Number two... You start drawing contour lines around the peak and you keep lowering the contour line around the peak summit until you are forced to include in that contour loop a higher peak than the peak for which the prominence that you're interested. So it's getting to the stage now where quite a few people are making lists of mountains based not on their altitude but on their prominence because a very crude but imprecise definition would be how high the mountain rises from its immediate terrain. Okay, you've been described as the most accomplished county
1: high-pointer in the world. What exactly is county high-pointing?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, uh, people, quite a few people understand what it means to be a state high-pointer, especially if you're from the United States. Uh, That means that you want to get to the highest point of every state in the United States, but then the states have counties, and so you take it down another notch and and decide to see how many counties you can get to the high point of. And by the way, it can't be man-made. It must be natural. So that's the definition of a county high pointer. So how many of them have you climbed? At the moment, I'm up to 1,441, and I'm not the leader. Uh, one of the reasons why I probably can quite legitimately claim to be the the best is because I believe there's only one person ahead of me maybe two, possibly two but they cannot touch my quality
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me, what what sort of heights are are these mountains? Give me an idea of the range of of these high points Well, of
0: course, Mount McKinley is the high point of a continent it's 20,320 feet in altitude it's also the high point of a state and it's high point of a county and uh, you go all the way down the lowest county that I've done is a county in Florida where the high point is fifteen feet above sea <laughs> level <laughs> and by the way I might mention that that particular is Monroe county and well named <laughs> yeah and um, it has it, it it illustrates one of the problems with county high-pointing, especially for flat and low states. There are five places you have to visit in Monroe County, uh, Florida, in order to claim the county because they all have uh, close enough to the same height that you can't tell which of the five is. Uh, and, and by the way, each uh, is the highest. And they each have their own little, each of these five has an interesting little, you know, uh, nuance to it when you do it one's an island you have to take a boat to go out to one is in at the uh, is at a address in key west florida and, and it goes on and on like that
1: so it's an incredible range on obviously some of these mountains are technically difficult mountains how awkward are some of these high points
0: well of course uh, climbing a mountain like mount mckinley is a is a is a feat of some kind that takes quite a bit of uh, energy and perseverance and stamina and ability. Uh, other problems are caused by private property um, where, and some of, some of these uh, places that are restricted are owned by the U.S. military or things of that nature. Special permission has to be gotten. Um, sometimes there's horrendous bushwhacking involved. Uh, going through brush and swamps and so forth, uh, and then of course, as I just mentioned, it's some of these counties, the multi, the the multi areas that you have to attend to. The champion county, by the way, is in uh, the state of Missouri. It's Shuler County, and it has over a hundred wow. <laughs> and ten places, and some guy, ha- one guy, has done it. Yeah. Well, I recently, with uh, three other companions. <coughs> Completed the state of Hawaii. Uh, We have a term for that. We call calling it green. Uh, We call a state. We turn it green when we've done the high point of every county. Now the state of Hawaii has five counties, and I had previously done the other four, but the island and county of Kauai had uh, uh, it slipped through my fingers for many many years. hadn't figured out how to do it, and finally things came together. And uh, the four of us went down there, and, and we were successful in doing it and uh, the The problem with it is that it 's intense bushwhacking through um, downed timber covered with swamp and muddy places and things of that nature the The elevation gain isn 't all that much uh, from the starting point to the ending point. But if you add up all the ups and downs, I think that between the starting point and ending point, is only about 1,600 feet difference. But the GPS profile told us afterwards that that we had an elevation gain of 5,300 feet. Wow. But it's 26 miles of finding your way through uh, basically swampy areas Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, stream crossings and... um, that sort of thing. So obviously, a very difficult enterprise from from of, from that of climbing Mount McKinley. Oh, much different, yeah, uh, yeah. Each 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 climb or each high point has its own uh, nuances and difficulties and so forth. T- tell me a little bit about McKinley, Denali. Well, I I did it with my older boy Eric, and uh, we hired a. Uh, a company which no longer exists, by the way, is Janae and they got in trouble with the National Park Service, which I won't go into. Uh, but they were good with us, and um, it took us uh, 18 days: uh, 16 up and 2 down. Now, of those 16 up, six of those days we were stationary. In other words, we never moved, uh, we were acclimatizing. Uh, and each day didn't involve that many hours of, of climbing and hiking. Uh, Mount McKinley is really a fairly simple mountain to climb. It just takes tremendous effort and willpower and desire <coughs> and luck. Yeah. Uh, you have to have the weather cooperate. And uh, the crevasse problem on Mount McKinley is not too severe. I mean, it's there. You have to rope up and use crampons and ice axe. Didn't have any uh, altitude sickness problem.
1: I assume you climb McKinley by the, the West Buster's. Oh, yes. The West Buster's. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I usually do every mountain by its easiest road.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. A lot a lot of these high points are probably no more than a stroll. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess a lot of them, you've you've mentioned McKinley, which takes some mountaineering skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, do any of them require rock climbing skills?
0: Uh, oh, yes. Uh, the North Palisade, which is the high point of two... of uh, by the way, we call out a twofer. It's, it's on the border between two counties and happens to be the high point of two different counties. It is a fourth-class climb, and uh, in fact, some people call it fifth-class climb. But uh, I couldn't do it without my trusty companion from Flagstaff, who is a very good climber, who could help me up with that. And there are lots of other instances, but that's the first instance that's come to mind of a county, high point, uh, happens to be in California, that... Uh, that requires technical work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, my uh, most technical climbs, though, have been in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. I've done 100, about 160 interior buttes in the Grand Canyon, and uh, quite a few of those are fifth class, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Looking internationally, how many um, high country high points uh, have you climbed?
0: I just counted up today, I've got 22. <laughs> You've got a list, huh? <laughs> Well, if you want me to, you want me to ram yeah, them go off? On. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm going to start with North uh, North and South America, uh, the United States, Mexico, the Dominican Republic, Guatemala, Costa Rica, Venezuela, Ecuador, Argentina, and Chile. Uh, then uh, there's New Zealand and Australia. Then uh, in Europe, there is the UK and Ireland. Norway, Sweden, Germany, France, Switzerland, Austria, and in Africa there's Morocco, Tanzania, and, and of course then now Turkey, which yeah. I guess would people would consider it it'd be part of Asia.
1: So you're, you're a real international traveler.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of traveling, and by the way, it's only been in recent years too. I mean, 1988 was when I did uh, Kilimanjaro and all of these big mountains have been since yeah, then. Yeah.
1: So how many, how many summits have you banged in the UK?
0: Well, I'm not sure all of these are summits, but when I was in the UK, and by the way, I might mention, I just loved my trip in the UK. It was one of the greatest trips I've been on. I climbed 55 of the named things, and I know that 28 of them were uh, Monroe's. How did you get into all of this? I climbed my first mountain... When I graduated, right after I graduated from college, this is 1958, and I climbed Mount Katahdin, which happens to be the high point of my home, my originally home state of Maine, uh, with a college companion, and I got bit by the, you know, the beauty of it all and the the scenery that you can have. And of course, now I'm, I'm motivated by more than just. Uh, it's true. I check things off lists, but there's much more to climbing than just. Uh, Pride, uh, the, it keeps me uh, sane and healthy, I believe, not only physically but also mentally and spiritually as well. Can you expand on that, on the spiritual aspect? I don't know. For me, spirituality is, sci- is, is uh, tied up with feelings, emotion. And, uh, you know, when I'm in a place of great beauty or a, a place of great prominence, and I mean that prominence in a broad sense. I do get a, a rush, uh, a feeling of awe, a, a feeling of wonder at the universe that I live in. Um, you know, this is, if I had time to prepare, I probably could come up with a better statement, but that kind of sums it up in a way. Have you any idea how many mountains you have climbed in total? Yes, I do. I have, I've kept a pretty good track. I've been to the high point of approximately 3,200 summits, and that means places with at least 300 feet of prominence. But I can add to that about 2,000 high points <coughs> that nobody would consider summits, either because they don't rise enough or because they're places that are not even relative maximums. They're, they're on the sides of mountains um, to illustrate, it turns out there's only one state in the United States whose high point is a liner. The, the high point of the state of Connecticut is on the side of a mountain, the top of which is in Massachusetts. But, so there's only one state. But there's many, many counties that have that property, lots of them. And uh, while I'm talking about, you know, I do consider myself a peak beggar in the sense that I like to climb summits. But in a broader sense, I call myself a high pointer. In fact, I have a sign on the back of my camper that I run around the United States in well, and Mexico, by the way, too, and Canada that says high pointer. Uh, and so not only have I been to the high point of, say, 22 countries and and uh, all the states in the Union and so forth. I've been to the high point of 103 national forests. I've been to the high point of uh, 42 of the U.S. national parks. So that gives you an idea that, that high pointing is more than just peak bagging. It's getting to the high point of places of some significance. Can you put um,
1: an elevation figure on all these mountains? For example, how many feet have you
0: ascended? Uh, Well, I I have a figure that I do come up with. It's an estimation, of course. I've been keeping very, very precise records for about the last 10 or 12 years, so I've had to do some estimation and some extrapolation of figures, but I can claim quite legitimately that I have put on around 7 million feet of elevation gain. Wow. wow. And how does that kind of break down on a year-by-year basis, have you any idea? Uh, for the last few years, say, about the last ten years, I've been averaging uh, about a uh, thousand feet per day. Have you any kind of
1: final ambitions, I mean, when, when will you sit down and put your feet up and say, you
0: know, I've had enough, that's been great. Mm. I will never do that until and unless I'm physically impaired to a state that I can't do it by the way to get a feeling for the kinds of lists that that I'm interested in I might at this point interject what my plans are for the next three or four months and it would kind of tell you not only what I've done in the past but what my goals are currently okay Um, next um, month I'm going with my trusty companion and Flagstaff to California to go into the High Sierras to climb three summits and they're all close together and, and can be done you say take two days to hike in take a day each of these and then a day or two to climb out now the reason for those three summits is they are three of the only eight peaks that I have left to claim the top 200 peaks in elevation in the lower 48 states. Then, uh, I'm going to spend the whole month of September in Colorado because uh, Colorado is one of my favorite places. That's where I you know, started doing all my 14ers and so forth. Uh, somebody has made a list of the high points of mountain ranges in Colorado. Somebody has made a list of the uh, high prominent peaks in Colorado. Uh, and... I'm still working on the top 300 peaks in elevation in Colorado, so I'm going to be working on all three of those lists during that month. I'll probably do 20 between 20 and 30 peaks, and some of those will be check off in these various these three lists. In October, I'm going to Cameroon and Ethiopia because in on those Uh, and it'll be just basically one long trip to both of those countries I'll get the high point of both countries and simultaneously get two more of the 50 most prominent peaks in the world because those are also uh, I'm I'm after the country high points and the 50 most prominent points in the world sounds fantastic so so that kind of gives you an idea of what I've built up to to the stage and what I kind of want to do currently now if I meet as i meet goals then i make new ones
1: <laughs> you obviously spend a lot of time out there climbing mountains climbing to highest point how long do you spend actually sitting at home poring over maps and
0: measuring contour lines and whatnot lots of time i own thousands of th- i own filing cabinets full of of, of maps for example and But a lot of the information has gotten uh, from my friends. One of the nice things about this hobby, I might interject here, is you meet a lot of great people, like uh, Cameron McNeish here, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you get lots of information from these people. Um, and uh, when some, a trip is coming up or an opportunity arises, uh, especially with the internet and email, you know, we just, email's flying across all over the world, but for me mostly in the United States, hey, there's a chance to go do Ojos del Salado, which I did in January, and I wouldn't have known the opportunity arose unless somebody had told me about it.
1: Would Would you care to describe this interest of yours as an obsession? Yes, I admit <laughs> I am infected with the disease. <laughs> you strike me as a very level-headed character to be
0: so obsessed by something. Oh, come on. It, I think everybody needs a passion. It makes life worth living. <laughs> yeah. Uh how what do you want me to add to that? Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Okay, let, let's finish off by
1: uh, me asking you what is the what is the toughest high point
0: or mountain summit that you've climbed? Oh gosh, that's that's awful awfully hard. Um, somebody's made a list of the twenty most uh, technically difficult, is that yeah. what you mean, technically difficult?
1: No, the ones that you found toughest personally, the ones that you really thought my goodness, that was, that was close to the edge
0: Well, I mean, I can list a couple of mountains I've given up on which are definitely beyond I had to give up on Mount Kenya mm-hmm. on uh, Mount Batian I, I don't know, well, I can't remember which is higher, Batian or Nellian I, think Bathian Bathian. Bathian. I had to give up on that and then uh, I had to give up on uh, the high point of um, of the uh, Altai Mountains, which is also the high point of Siberia, by the way, that was too hard for me. Uh, McKinley, look, that's a hard mountain. It's not that technically difficult. It just takes so much willpower and so much desire and so much stick-to-itiveness And of course, there's a little bit of technical work there. That's hard. Look, doing Kawakini in Island Kauai took five days of of hard bushwhacking. Um, so uh, perhaps the most dangerous mountain I've climbed is Mount Cook in uh, New Zealand, which, by the way, I might add, is a kind of an unsatisfying mountain to climb because I'd, you can't truly get to the summit because of the, the huge uh, landfall, uh, rockfall that occurred, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now the, the summit is just too dangerous a place to be. Uh, you can't hire a guide to take you there. Um, but, uh, but Mount Cook has technical rock and technical uh, ice, both. Uh, and they, they kind of interchange. So, I mean, first uh, you have a glacier and then technical rock and then they roped up glacier again. Very hard, very hard mountain. Now, finally, finally, um, people hearing this
1: must be thinking this guy must be extremely well off to, to finance all of these travels.
0: How, how do you manage to finance all of this? Okay, I'm a retired mathematician who taught for 36 years uh, university mathematics. So I didn't get rich, um, but I do have a uh, I'm a, have a comfortable income. I'm divorced. I live alone. Uh, my children are grown. I have uh, no major financial responsibilities, and. Um, I have enough money that I can do this it's uh, I mean I don't you don't have to be rich now there's some exceptions I mean if I wanted to do Mount Everest you know well I could pull the finances together to do that you know but I'm not going to spend my money that way plus I'm too scared of the mountain anyway and the same is true of Mount Vincent it's just too much money it's not worth that much Um, uh, that's my answer you don't have to be rich but it is true you can't be poor I mean, it costs a lot of money to, uh, to take these airplane rides around the world and, and pay uh, people like KE Adventure Travel to, to show me around. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you've obviously
0: derived uh, an immense amount of pleasure from all your travels. Oh, I love it. I mean, oh, yes, and it's more than just checking off the mountain. Uh, every mountain is in some place, and that place has a culture, and, and you can feel the culture to an extent. Now, it's better if you can speak the language, for example. And I'm not very good in languages. I know a little French and a little German and and enough Spanish that I can get by in Latin America on my own. And you can get a feel for the people and see the cities and, and, you know, you get the drift. This podcast is produced and hosted by The Outdoors Channel. Find out how easy it is to subscribe to all our podcasts by visiting theoutdoorschannel.co.uk.